Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb, and this is where you'll receive the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise kids of character in our technology and media-saturated world. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes courage and hard work to stay on top of technology and then choose how you and your children will incorporate that into your lives. Our ultimate goal is to keep you up to date and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Today, we're going to talk about in the news, families hiring coaches to help them raise phone-free children, Instagram adding anti-bullying measures, our virtue of focus is going to be on creativity, our app focus is Pinterest, and in our family focus, we're going to be talking about the value of boredom. All right, in today's news, um, the New York Times recently did an article about families hiring coaches to help them raise phone-free children. Parents around the country that are alarmed by the steady pattern of studies around screen time are trying to turn back to the era before smartphones. And because it's so hard to remember what we all did before we had all these screens, they are now hiring professionals to help them. So I think this news is really fantastic because I am with Brave Parenting, one of these advocates trying to educate parents about the need for limited screen time. So now we have this new economy, as they say, of screen-free parenting coaches that are popping up. Some of these parenting coaches are, are saying that they're going into families' homes and they're reminding them simple things like, if you have a piece of fabric, it can work as a cape. If they want to go look outside and make shapes out of the clouds, very simple activities that we've somehow forgotten to do as parents. Another one of the parenting coaches suggests that that she tells parents, a lot of them, to get a dog or even a cat. She makes this funny reference where she says, if you show a screen to your cat, what do they do? Well, they don't care. They're fully present. They're living and they are great role models. So we can actually look to animals as good role models, which is kind of crazy when we think that that's where we are as a generation, that we're so inside of our screens that we have to look to animals. So of course, we at Brave Parenting recommend that you, the parent, are the best role model for your children. When you are off of your screen and engaged in non-screen related activities, whether that be work or play or creative works, that is important and it's important to do with your children. Also in news, Instagram adds some anti-bullying measures to their platform. So Instagram is adding Um, Basically, some automatic warnings which will prompt users when their comments may be considered offensive, giving them the opportunity to review their post before it goes live or a comment before it it appears on that picture. So it's going to pop up the question, are you sure you want to post this? So Instagram explains that this, this intervention is going to give people a chance to reflect and possibly undo. From the early tests of this feature, They found that it encourages some people to undo their comment and share something less hurtful than they had originally planned to post. So Instagram is also testing a new restricted mode. This isn't live yet, but it will give users a way to lessen the impact of certain users without alerting them to any such limitation. So really, this is because some people have to interact with their bully in real life. And this is what Instagram explains. We've heard from a lot of young people in our community that are reluctant to block, unfollow, or report their bully because it could escalate the situation, especially if they interact with their bully in real life. 
we wanted to create the feature that allows people to control their Instagram experience without notifying someone who may be targeting them. So basically, once you restrict someone, comments on your posts from that person will only be visible to that person. You can then choose to make a restricted person's comments visible to others by approving their comments. So this is a great idea that Instagram has at least started moving in that direction of making it a more friendly place. This is a big issue. A lot of bullying occurs not only in comments of pictures, but as well in direct messages. So while it may not be the ultimate solution, we definitely commend Instagram for at least making their community a little bit safer, making this a better place for children and sort of going against all of these bullying efforts. And we know that, you know, according to this survey that was conducted in 2017, Instagram is the worst social media network for mental health and well-being. So this is really important. I'm glad that Instagram is at least taking a stand on this. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. All right, in our character focus, we're gonna be discussing the virtue of creativity. Everybody knows that creativity is something that has to be cultivated. Some people are born with more creativity than others, but everybody has a sense of creativity. A lot of studies have found that kids' imaginations help them cope better um, with life, with pain and social circumstances. Um, It helps them be more confident and to learn better. So what can we as parents do in order to sort of cultivate creativity? Well, we're going to discuss a lot of this in our family focus on the value of boredom because we know through research that creativity stems from being bored, from the mind being at rest, sort of being forced to find creative outlets and creative solutions to do and to deal with their boredom. So here's some things that we as parents can do. Number one, no matter what the age, is to designate space for your child's creativity. It doesn't have to be an elaborate art studio inside of your house. It can simply be corner of their bedroom where there is art supplies or there's Legos or you know anything that inspires them to be creative. Now, it doesn't always have to be art or building. It can be music. It can be making bracelets. It can be making slime, right? There's lots of things. So designate some space for your child's creativity. Another way, keep it simple. Again, we don't need um, new science kits to be delivered to the home every single week in order to inspire our kids' creativity. They can be creative with cardboard boxes and leftover paper towel rolls. There's lots of simple ways to inspire their creativity. One of the most important things that we can do, which is our number three, create the free time. Kids need a lot of unstructured time that is directed by themselves, that is not under adult supervision or direction, and that doesn't include or depend on a lot of commercial stuff or toys. This is where a lot of their creativity is going to be discovered. Another thing that parents can do is to discuss creativity. Talk about creative aspects that they see. You can talk about what you see out in nature. Talk about creative ideas in the home. Talking about creativity is also a great way to sort of cultivate that. You can also help them pursue their passions, right? By limiting the screen time in order to make room for creative activities, learning to draw, reading books, acting. And I think there's a lot of great ways that you can also incorporate technology, but making sure that they do have a limited time on screens can push them towards the boredom, which pushes them to creativity. Take time for your own creativity. This is this role modeling that we at Brave Parenting really push. It's important to be a role model. Maybe you think 
oh, I don't have time for any creative outlets whatsoever in my life. But the more that you can tap into that, whether it just be even photography, taking pictures of the kids, but then maybe hanging that photography. Maybe it's painting a picture. Maybe it's playing music. Um, Maybe it's building something in the backyard. Anything that you can do to take time for your own creativity and then talking about that can be really great role modeling for your children. Another important aspect that experts say is to not reward them for their, their creativity because this actually gets in the way of their creative process. If you say, hey, kids, go ahead and paint a picture or draw for me and then I'll give you a reward. Well, they're not going to be that creative. They're just going to do it in order to get the reward. So even though we want to promote creativity, we really want that to be self-directed and having them kind of do what they want and what they have a passion for and where their creativity leads them, whether that be drawing a picture or whether that be, you know, building with Legos, whatever that is, that is your child's passion. And another most important way that experts say to build this character of creativity is to stop caring about what your children achieve. Emphasize the process rather than the product. Of course, you know, we have our kids come home from you know, elementary school and, and they provide us this art projects. And I can't tell you how many ceramic made balls of whatever. I don't know what they are, but I have kept every single one of them and cherished them. I don't know if they're jewelry containers or ashtrays or what these kind of bowls are that they make, but bless them. I love it because it's more about them getting into this creative process and just accomplishing it. It doesn't matter what that product is. So don't really care about how perfect it is, but really more about the process that they're, they're practicing and cultivating their own creativity. Now there is this question, does technology hinder creativity? And that, you know, I see both sides of it. You can be very creative using technology, but at the same time, if you're only being entertained through the technology, you know, that can be very encumbering of your creative process. So certain aspects of technology uh, make us forget that creating is a really an amazing experience, you know, sharing vast ideas, learning new things. So it's easy to go to Pinterest and copy an idea. And there may be a time and place for that, but is that always the best? Is that really the most creative thing that you can do? There are a number of articles, blogs, photographs, videos, and opinions all about what we can create over the internet. But the important thing is to do is to cultivate our own creativity. So as a parent, you know, it really is, and it always has been about balance. Yes, there's a time and place to go online to get creative ideas. I mean, maybe even you're using technology, as I mentioned before, to aid in that creative process. For our kids, that may look like using technology to maybe make a movie. My children just the other day were using Legos and creating stop motion videos. This is a great thing. So they're building these Legos. They're setting up stages, essentially almost like a whole scene and making a little mini movie and using the stop action app in order to create that. So they're using their own creativity, but they're aiding it with this technology to make the video. That's a great way to do that. Of course, you know, using YouTube in order to find out how to, how to do braids. I have done that so much, you know, how to do fancy braids and hairs, how to make bracelets, how to make slime. There are all these sort of instructional videos, but the point and the purpose is to use it as an aid. 
to go in there, see how you can do something, and then take time away from the screen in order to really amp up your own creativity and see what you can create yourself. Not just duplicate from what you see online, but sort of inspire a new creative process within yourself. All right, our app focus today is going to be on Pinterest. You have most likely heard about Pinterest, but I'm gonna give you some basic details. It is a virtual pin board, right? So you can pin pictures, you can repin someone else's pictures, you create these boards and categorize them based on different ideas, different topics. So recently this week, I did a lot of research on hosting a space-related party. You know, we're in the week of the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, and so we are actually having a moon party this weekend to celebrate that. And so I did tons of of research searching this and I was able to create my own little board of ideas that other people had posted and it was really um, a great tool. This is a marketing tool for a lot of businesses. If you have a party planning business or a lot of people are just kind of sort of creating their own brand as a party planner, there's a huge market out on Pinterest for parties specifically. Um, It used to be a lot of women, but now you can find on Pinterest ideas for anything that you might want to build or remodel inside of your home. So there are a lot of men that are using it for those ideas as well. So businesses are taking their photos of their products and they're posting them onto Pinterest so that users like myself or any mom and dad can go on there, find these creative ideas, and they're drawn to the website. You click on the picture that you like and then you're brought to the website. And it's easy to drive traffic to your personal website through Pinterest in this regard. Pinterest, while it's not so much of a social network like Facebook or Instagram, it is more of a utility, but you can find friends and connect with your Twitter, your Facebook, or your Gmail account or Yahoo account, and then connect those friends to your Pinterest account. Another aspect of Pinterest is there are a lot of ads. This is, of course, how they're making money. But as I said before, it's a marketing tool for business. You can advertise or sponsor an ad. So while I was searching for moon party ideas, I couldn't believe how many ads I saw for random things. Some of them, you know, were for like macaroni and cheese. Others were maybe party related. Um, But with every scroll that I did, there was ads, probably two or three ads within my, my search feed. So that's just the reality of how Pinterest makes money is by having these ads on your feed. Now, I listened to a recent interview of the former president of Pinterest, Tim Kendall. What he said, I think is great, and this really goes with our topic today. He said, half the mission of the company is to get you off of the app or the website and doing and putting it in practice. They want to basically show you these ideas and say, then go get off the screen and go you know, build that chicken coop, go plan that party, and create all this fun stuff and go do it. It's just sort of cultivating all these ideas, inspiring ideas from other people. What's interesting is that this former president, Tim Kendall of Pinterest, after he found himself addicted to his phone, um, he eventually left Pinterest and is now the CEO of Moment, which is an app that helps you become more present in real life by giving you tools to stay off your phone. So it's really interesting and it kind of brings up this next topic that we want to discuss about Pinterest is, is Pinterest addictive? Well, based on some experts say, based on the design of the app and the website, 
Um, the way that the image comments are minimal, of course, they're focusing mainly on the image, that the images are big enough to pique your interest, but also kind of small enough to keep you scrolling down to the next page. The design of Pinterest does keep you engaged and if nothing else, sort of the compulsion to keep on scrolling. Is it addictive? Well, there's part of that. Also, a lot of people turn to it for a refuge because other social medias can just get old or tiresome, you know, scrolling Facebook and seeing what other people are doing. Pinterest is a different way to scroll where you're just being inspired by other people's ideas. Now, granted that inspiration can also be possibly coveting or jealousy or really, you know, wanting this sort of life that you can't have or these parties that you can't have or picture perfect whatever that you can't have. So it's similar to Instagram in that regard, or it can be. Another aspect that can possibly make Pinterest addictive is the pin it button. You don't actually have to access the Pinterest website in order to pin a picture on a company's website to your board. So if say, for example, I'm at Pottery Barn and Pottery Barn's website has all the pictures of different creative spaces and they have a profile on Pinterest, on that picture, when you hover over it, it'll come up with an option that says pin it. I don't have to go to Pinterest. I don't have to go to the app or the Pinterest website. I can just click on pin it and it'll automatically recognize my Pinterest account and pin it to that board. So that too can also potentially make it a little more addictive. Now, here are some safety tips for using Pinterest. Yes, there's lots of creative space, but anywhere on the internet that you can post pictures, there's always going to be some people out there who are using it wrong, posting the wrong stuff. So yes, you can find pornographic like pictures, nude photos. But again, it's more about searching for it. You're probably not going to accidentally find it. But just so you know, moms and dads, it is potential that can be searched for and found on Pinterest. Now, a couple things. If you, you see a pin or a board that just seems too good to be true, chances are it is. Because like I mentioned, there are a lot of advertisements. There's a lot of ads and sponsored pictures on there that talk about, hey, you know, I lost 100 pounds in three weeks with a miracle diet pill, you know, or win an all expense paid cruise or whatever it sort of is that's drawing you in. If it seems too good, chances are it just might be. Only collaborate on boards with users that you know, because a board you collaborate with will be linked to your own profile. And so as boards change, that will always be linked back to you. So make sure that's going to be a good reflection on your actual profile. Also be wary of fake accounts. Every social media platform has fake accounts. And so there are plenty of people who are posing as celebrities or, you know, maybe pretending to be like Martha Stewart or someone. And so it's easy to to get caught up in maybe a fake account trying to scam people. So always, of course, be aware of that. And if you don't want users to see your content, you can use a secret board. Pinterest has this ability of creating a secret board. So it's only you to see that may be a good idea for, you know, a lot of people, regardless whether you want people to see it or not. If you're not on Pinterest in order to promote yourself in any way, this could be a very good thing to do is just use secret boards. You can also adjust your privacy settings. This is important under account basics, under search privacy. um, If you change it to yes, you can keep people from being able to find your account through search engines or Google. You can also change the personalization setting to no in order to keep Pinterest and its advertisers from snooping on your activities, um, both on Pinterest and other websites. You can also click the clear search history. 
which of course, if your children are doing this and searching maybe negative things on Pinterest, this is also noteworthy that they do give you that feature. And one of the things I thought was really interesting when we talk about Pinterest and whether or not, you know, it's addictive or not, I found one sort of open um, letter on this woman's blog that she wrote. And she said, quote, one day, the realization that I could do this, which is Pinterest, for the rest of my life and die with a Pinterest board full of thousands of wonderful dreams and ideas, but never really live a full life just smacked me in the face. So she was spending so much time on Pinterest, creating all these great boards of what she wanted to do in life until she realized that she needed to get off of the website, off of the app and actually go out and live life. And that's really, I think the important thing about Pinterest is there is definitely a value and a utility in the app, but it can't be the end all be all. It shouldn't be an app that we're using every day, maybe unless we're using it as a marketing tool for our business. So Brave Parenting standard for Pinterest is really that, generally speaking, it shouldn't be on children's phones. If your child does have a a real creative niche and they want to use Pinterest to sort of gain more ideas, I think that 13 and above could be appropriate. But again, they shouldn't be spending a whole lot of time on it every day. It's an app that can be used every now and then to gain ideas, maybe to spread ideas if they if they maybe have, um, like I said, a real creative niche. Otherwise, children under 13, you should be using it with them. If they want to search something um, in order to create or a new idea, definitely be on Pinterest with them and just teach them what to look for, show them what an ad is, what's not an ad, you know, how you actually use the app. This is important for parents to do, to walk them through apps like Pinterest. All right, in our family focus, we're going to discuss the value of boredom, right? The value of being bored. Over the past 20, maybe even 10 years, but it seems like it's been decided somehow for us as parents that every minute of the day has to be entertaining for our children. Our cars have DVD players. You know, we give them iPads or our phones and restaurants. We have Netflix and, and Hulu and all of those related ones ready. And on autoplay, we have video games on every device in which can be played pretty much anywhere. And not only that, but our kids often have overscheduled school days on top of sports and activities and clubs. You know, our weekends are packed with recitals and competitions, games and birthday parties. Our children get very little downtime just to sit and be bored and just figure things out for themselves. Children should be allowed to get bored so they can develop the innate ability to be creative. They need to be bored in order to be creative. So as we talked about in our character focus of creativity, boredom has such a big part of this. When our kids have nothing to do, they start to exercise their imagination. Research has shown that boredom actually improves psychological well-being. So when your child isn't doing anything, your brain, instead of like going into complete shutdown mode or, or just spending your life staring at a wall, right? your brain tries to make life more interesting. So more weight and purpose are given to those things that we're processing during boredom. So if we reflect on something when we're bored, it makes it more meaningful. And when we experience something new, it seems more significant. So I think this really ties into, I always tell parents that there should be no phones after a certain point in the evening. 
even if it's an hour before bedtime, that's fine. But they need at least an hour to process their day for their brain to sort of be on shutdown, re-going through maybe their interactions that they had with friends, maybe with teachers, you know, how they did on homework or in a sport. They need that processing time because when the brain is sort of on downtime off of a screen, not being stimulated, that's where we're giving more weight and purpose to those things that we're processing. So if something went bad during the day, we can actually reflect on that, think about how we can change ourselves or maybe our behavior, how we may not want to repeat that, or something was really good that's going to really commit it to our memory because we're in that downtime reprocessing that event. So kids need to learn also how to motivate themselves. It seems that, you know, they come to us, mom, dad, I'm so bored. You know, I'm so bored. All I do is sit here and there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. Well, they need to learn how to motivate themselves. Letting them be bored, really by allowing them not coming to their rescue, helps them in learning the skill of motivation. Boredom, you know, gives children practice in making their own decisions and finding ways to be interested in what's going on around them. It's not the boredom itself that's really important. It's what they do with it. You know, when you reach your breaking point, and it seems like every child over the summer does, boredom is just going to teach you to sort of respond constructively or like to make something happen for yourself. But unless we're faced with regular boredom, we never really learn how. My personal take on this is my kids always come to me and I just tell them, I am not your cruise ship director. They'll say, mom, what are we doing today? I'll say, well, you know, I'm working. What are you doing? Well, I don't know. Tell me what I can do. And I say, I am not your cruise ship director. I am not your activities director. I am not in charge. You can go find numerous things to do. And of course, I have them provided. We have puzzles and board games, tons of art supplies. They can go outside and play sports. They can swim. We have, they have everything at their, at their fingertips. It's a matter of motivating them to use them. And when they're bored enough, they do. They start building Legos or they'll, you know, maybe build a fort or they'll go swimming or they'll draw or they'll play a board game together. Now granted, they might fight the entire time that they play that board game or card game, but nonetheless, they are still motivating themselves to do something with their time. And I think that is really the most important aspect of this boredom. You know, the ability to handle boredom also is correlated with the ability to focus and self-regulate. So you may have a child, I have a couple that have real severe ADHD, and so they tend to get bored a lot easier. And it makes, you know, really this this hyper-stimulating world, you know, that much more attractive to them. People, kids especially, who have ADHD, they really are drawn to the screen because it's so, so stimulating. That video game is constantly stimulating their brain and they don't think about being bored. This, for me personally, being fully transparent, is probably one of the biggest struggles that I have. My kiddos who have severe ADHD, it would just be so easy for me to not listen to them to complain all day long about being bored just to give them a screen. I mean, that would really make my life so much easier because when they're on a screen, they're completely quiet. They're not disrupting anyone. They're not arguing with anyone. They're not complaining to me. I mean, it really would be easier because it's so stimulating, but I don't, (laughs) right? I exercise my own self-control and I keep them, you know, at a very, very limited time. They do get that time to play, 
but then the rest, they're really being forced to find their creative outlet. And they really do um, love to draw. They'll often have drawing competitions with one another. Who can draw the best? And so they do find things. And that is the key that we as parents really need to focus on. Yes, it is okay to be bored. You are not a bad parent. Even if they try and tell you that you're a bad parent, which is actually exactly what one of my children told me this week when I said that I would not play with them, that that was a cruel thing that mothers should never do. (laughs) But what they don't realize is I'm forcing them to be creative, to find their own outlet, to motivate themselves. And it's not. So I don't need my child telling me that I'm actually cruel because I know that I'm not. I know not only through the research, but because I have lived life. It is okay to be bored. So what do we do now that we know that like parents are hiring professionals to help them figure out what their kids can do off the screen? We know that creativity is important. We know that boredom is important, but in the day-to-day practicality of it, it's summertime and you're about to lose your mind. Here's some things. Create a list of things to do. Go through your house and have a list of how many other things you can find. Maybe it's draw a picture. Maybe it's paint. You know, whatever supplies that you have. Maybe it's just coloring. I mean, I have teenagers who still like to color. It's okay. You know, adults. There's a whole industry now of adult coloring books. And maybe it's build. Maybe it's build a fort. Maybe it's swim. Maybe it's play soccer outside. Throw a baseball. Throw a football. Whatever. Think of everything that you can possibly think of. Right? Take that time to do that. Make this list and then post it somewhere in your house. And then when your kids say that they're bored, just say, hey, here's all the things that you can do. You are completely and fully empowered to find something to do yourself and then allow them to do it. If you don't want to lose your mind because their creative outlet makes an entire mess around your house, designate one spot for it and then allow that spot to kind of get as messy as it is all day long or maybe all week long and then you kind of reclean it once a week. Also, make sure that you have unstructured time for your kids to play. This is super important, that boredom. Allow it. Make sure that even if they're begging and pleading for you to fill their days with activities, you've got to practice your own self-control and self-regulation and say no. Encourage outdoor play, especially in a nature setting. If you have a park, bring them to the park. Maybe you sit and read a book and they go play. It's okay if you aren't playing with them all the time, especially if they're older adolescents. Encourage them to explore. The um, experience in nature is so, so important, not only to their creativity, but to their overall well-being. Research has really shown that they need, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, at least two hours of outdoor play, which they only say a week, but really we could get this at least a couple times a week out there in nature. As summer wraps up, we have about maybe four weeks at the recording of this podcast until summer ends and school goes back. I encourage you, moms and dads, let your kids be bored. Take the time to make a list of things that they can do and then allow them to do it. All right, this brings us to the end of this Brave Parenting Podcast. If you miss anything or want to learn more, you can find us online at braveparenting.net. If you have any questions about what we discussed today, you can email your questions to podcast at braveparenting.net. For an in-depth look for how you can build strong character using the technology children love, you can pick a copy of our book up at Amazon. Our book is Managing Media, Creating Character. Don't forget to subscribe if you are listening on iTunes or Google, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast. 
where we believe character is greater than media and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next time, go and be brave.